What's going on, you guys? It's Ian. So before we get to the podcast, I just want to tell you guys about the sponsor of this next series of podcasts. So these next few podcasts that I'm going to be putting out are going to be brought to you by Mars Bar. Let me tell you guys real quick about the story behind Mars Bar. So there's all kinds of bars out there, things that help with mobility, things that help you in case you have circumstances that don't let you squat the way you want to. You have injuries, shoulder mobility limitations, things like that. The Mars Bar is what tackles all of these problems in the most effective way possible. You are not going to find a bar that does it better than the Mars Bar. It is something that hugs your body in a way that allows you to squat no matter what your consideration is as a recreational weightlifter or powerlifter or any sport that you're in. This is the single greatest design I've ever seen come from a bar. And the man who designed it, Zach Mars, is wonderful, incredible, and the stories that come from the people who use this damn bar are absolutely incredible. It puts the weight where it needs to be in your squat, and it affords you and accommodates you all kinds of necessary improvements for your mobility, range of motion, and pain in case you are worried about that in a squat. So these podcasts that are going to be coming out are brought to you by Mars Bar. We're going to talk about it a little bit in the shows, and guys, go buy it. You want to do it. Trust me. So in 2015, uh, I had a training facility in Dallas for about 25 years called The Studio. Okay. It was actually the first private training gym uh, in Dallas, and we were in business for 25 years. Uh, wow. I had an opportunity to basically do a different project, um, basically a different gym called Extreme Iron Pro Gym. Uh, it was originally set up to help out veterans. I, I just kind of by happenstance started working with them and we found out we weren't getting them to come to the studio a lot because it was a little bit too, oh, for now you said better word, soft. So in okay. the process of, of creating the equipment inventory for this facility, I came upon um, the Mars bar. And so I started researching it and I was like, Oh man, this, this, this thing, uh, is going to change how a lot of people change, you know, train legs, especially, Legit, yeah. athletes, especially athletes. Cause I found the biggest problem you get strength coaches are really enthusiastic, man. we got to get the bar on you. We're going to teach you how to squat. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're going to teach you a box squat progression to teach anterior pelvic tilt. Sure. It's going to be great. Uh, the problem is not all your athletes uh, uh, shoulder stabilization, hip stabilization, all at the same time. You've got a, a a whole bunch of different moving parts on young kids that really are fired up to learn. In the process, the squad has gotten a bad rap because, um, and I don't want to throw a lot of coaches under the bus because they have to work with a lot of kids, and I get the luxury of of working with smaller groups of athletes. Yeah, but in the in the process kids got hurt because they either the bar wasn't low enough on their back because their shoulders weren't mobile enough to externally rotate to have the right bar placement which affects how the anterior pelvic tilts perform so for me the mars bar changed the game on how i introduced younger athletes into correct leg training 
So we, we started picking them up. Um, I got out of that gym, created it, got out, wanted to get back more into the smaller uh, venue and mm. created a studio fit performance. So ordered a couple. Uh, he was very, very back ordered, but in the process, continued to research the bar so I could teach it better. Um, I mean, I looked at every avenue of squat uh, and what, what the Mars bar did and I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but anyways, um, or the Mars bar, Mars bar was back ordered mm-hmm. during the pandemic. Um, I was fortunate enough to be part of what I'm doing now. I'm the director of strength conditioning for Nike Dallas football. Oh, and wow. In putting their weight room together, I just said, Hey, we got to get not one Mars bar, which I originally had planned. I need five. <laughs> and yeah, I called, I called him up and I said, dude, you don't know me from Adam. I love your product. This is going to allow me to touch younger athletes and get them integrated in the correct form of training right now. Yeah. But I need the bars. He put five in a truck <laughs> and drove nonstop to Dallas. What? In the absolute worst weather you could think of and hand delivered them to me. Holy cow. Yeah, that's how we met. And, you know, when you get a guy, because first off, the opportunity was this. There's a lot of um, yoke bars or balance bars. There's a lot of stuff out there. Yeah. But hang on a minute. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. I got to tell you something. I got hit in the mouth with a football. And so it knocked a tooth out. Oh, no. So I'm used to this thing. But Just it's today, wow, I'm talking, so I'm gonna take it out because no I want problem. To start correctly. When was so, that? Was that today or just like like in the past? Oh week my god, that? no, it was it was a ways back. But during the pandemic, the guy that made me my fake tooth got sick, and so <laughs> oh. you know, it's like every time I smile, I hear dueling banjos in the background. <laughs> you know? So I, I so but. I'm talking to you. I'm trying to tell the story and I feel like I'm lifting. You're, no, you sound, you sound fun. I, I actually had no idea. No, you, you, you're coming like, clear, but that's funny. <laughs> the, the heck with how I look, you know, dueling, you know, deliverance is one of my favorite movies. So I'm just going to take this thing out and tell the story. Right. But the that's Mars funny. bar, the opportunity that I saw was to eliminate problems right away. Yeah. Because when, when I get an athlete and I'll, I'll back it up. I will go talk to groups of parents, their biggest thing right off the bat. I don't want my child to squat. And I'm like, look, if I had to pick one exercise or one exercise only to do, I got to squat. squat. Yeah. But in my methodology, I'm squatting a lot from January till March or January till April. And then from there, I'm transitioning to split squat reverse lunges, wedge squats. I'm, I'm looking at what, how, how much of a base that I build my athlete with the squat squat, mm-hmm. because I've got to look at them from a postural standpoint. And then I've got to look at what they play. So I got to put a, I got to design a sequence of movements and exercises that complements their posture. And then it has to tra- translate to their position. And then it has to transfer to the field. So I have three opportunities to really screw it up. 
So when I go talk to groups of parents, they'll go, well, I don't want my child to squat because everybody I've talked to has gotten hurt. Well, there's a reason, either incorrect teaching technique or they're just not developed enough or they're, they're too young for the movement, which is yeah. possible. We, there's other things we can do there. What the Mars bar did for me was it loaded my athlete in a position where I wasn't compromising neck, shoulders, low back, hips, and mid back. It was actually distributing the weight in a way that I could control the movement, thus teaching from a Mars bar standpoint to the regular bar. But then on top of that, my more advanced athletes, because the Mars bar is so versatile, I can flip it around and do what I call Mars bar front squat, but also allows me to split squat, reverse lunge, dynamic lunge, you name it, we can do it. But it's a safer tool and it allows me to create a more efficient progression. So that that's why I like it because it it look, I need a lot of help looking good. And so the bar bar <laughs> same here. It's okay. <laughs> to, to make me look better. So that's why I use it. I don't have the time to experiment. I yeah. need I need to know. I mean, we've got to get under the squat rack at some point. And the Mars bar allows me to, to, to kind of get a jump on that. And then even, and, and I've taken a step further, even with my more advanced athletes, like I'm fortunate enough here at Nike Dallas football, I'm training two power five offensive linemen. Jesus. Wow. One is still undecided. One is just committed to Texas. He's the number six offensive guard in the country. His wow. form was so horrible. Really? We we had to start from scratch because here's the deal. Most coaches look at the biggest guy in the room and go, hey, they got it. Yeah. It's just like on a basketball court, the tallest guy knows how to play, right? You sort it's of just assume, yeah. So with linemen, especially the biggest guy, he's still growing into his body. They're still 16, 17, 18, mm. okay? So the Mars bar allows me to – Take a couple of steps back without losing any momentum and reassess. Okay. And a lot of times we've had to rebuild that athlete's technique and form. And the Mars bar allows me not, not to take, not to lose valuable time because right now, if we were to start today, let's say Mm -hmm. you're going to Texas and we were to start today, we would have February. We would have March. Then would come spring break. Then we'd have April. Essentially in May, we're getting ready for the off season. Beginning of June, they report to school. That's it. Now they're in the strength coach care. And what I like to do is I like, regardless of what level, and I, I train kids from JUCO, NAI, Division Three, Division Two, Division One. I like their strength coaches going, hey, man, your guy really knew what he was doing, getting you ready for the, for us. He knows his way around the weight room, good technique, good form, understanding the language, good weight room IQ, proficiency of tools, technique, and equipment, for sure. so on and so forth. It, it's more than just, hey, go do 10 reps there and call me tomorrow. So the, the Mars bar is another tool that allows me to where I don't lose time. And that is just so valuable because we can't get it back. Man, that's the, that's the secret with, 
anybody trying to do fitness, really. I mean, it's probably exactly what you said with the parents. You know, they get discouraged because they're like, they see a squat, they think it's dangerous, and anybody would probably think the same thing. It's like they want this solution to time with these movements. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, on the fitness side, too, um, you know, everybody now wants good glutes. And, you know, like like years ago, I, I used to tell the guys that I would train, you know, and, and just so you know, I'm, I'm really fortunate because uh, I am by education and trade a strength and conditioning coach. Um, the crazy thing, the guy who founded uh, the NSCA, uh, Coach Boyd Epley, he and my stepfather were roommates at the college all-star. Oh, really? <laughs> so that wow. goes way back. And I've only met Coach Epley once. But, Holy cow. But. I went to school to be a strength conditioning coach. Mm -hmm. Now I do personal training, but I also know there's, there's a huge difference. And I, and when I talk to young people, I let them know this right off the bat. You have the, the gym industry, you have Mm -hmm. the fitness industry and you have the performance industry. So when a bodybuilder tells me, yeah, I love bodybuilding because I just love fitness. I'm like, hold on a minute. There's a crossover. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. But also some of the best strength coaches I've met are the worst personal trainers. And some of the worst strength coaches I've ever come across are personal trainers. So I think if you know where the lanes are and you stay in your lane, you can do a phenomenal job. But today it gets, it's, it's crossed a lot. And I'm not, I'm not the ethics police. So I let, let guys do their thing, but glute training finally dudes have figured out hey guess what women don't like looking at a flabby ass either yeah so yeah for real for if you if you look at the number one industry in the world is unfortunately pornography yeah the second is weight loss okay and the third the third which is interesting is physique augmentation which doesn't is the same so what the Mars bar has done is allowed me to take more people that either again have been injured or special populations, or they're just getting started or for years have avoided the squat rack and they got, Oh man, this doesn't feel bad. I'm not hurting when I'm doing this because the Mars bar integrates. And now the, my friends that are the purists are going to just, God, they're going to trash me. I'm going to bash you. Okay. Oh man, they're going to, but I'm going to go ahead and take it. Like I'll support you. I'm, I'm right behind you. I'm not (laughs) the the Mars bar again. I'm, I'm one of those guys at 62. If I'm doing the movement and it hurts, I'm not going to do it again. Yeah, I'm not. And I've found as I get older, it's always my hips. I'm actually getting my second hip replacement here next week, Mm. but, and it was for years of going, ass to grass squatting just doing it too low too heavy wrong wrong and worse so the mars bar on the fitness side has allowed more people to experience that authenticity of serious strength training without the repercussions of pain or injury and as far as glute training goes which is a big deal right now if you know what you're doing with your stance there's no better movement period yeah then developing great glutes strong glutes so to me it's that tool that you can use in every lane whether it's performance or fitness or 
you know, just looking better, feeling better. Can I ask you this? You know, the whole Astagrass thing, when you brought that up, that, that is like the biggest must from anybody I ever hear in <laughs> in the world. Literally, like it just yeah. it doesn't even matter who's talking to me. It's always ass to grass. People come up to you in the gym, ass to grass, make sure you go low. Yep. What you said, though, I, I don't do it personally. I don't think I've ever gone ass to grass. Sh should I remain consistent with that? Should I stick with that as a way to avoid injury? I'm going to tell you this. Yes. Okay. Scream it as loud as you can because okay. here's the deal. Most, most strength professionals don't understand parallel. So you'll say, well, what's parallel? And most yeah. of them will say quad to shin. And it's not, it's hamstring to calf. That's okay. True. Yeah. So if I'm looking at a guy and I see that tailbone tucking under, he's creating too much momentum. He's overstretching the movement because he's going too low. Oh, interesting. The reason why guys have a hard time going low is the bars placed too high on their shoulders. Oh. It's not down below their traps and in their mid back. So the setup is what causes individuals to, a quick bounce down and spring back up. And a lot of times ass to grass was just simply so people could lift heavier weight and they created more of a slingshot effect than actually controlling the bar speed. So those little things like tucking the tailbone too low, too much of a forward lean, the bar's not low enough. I mean, your upper yeah. torso has to stay erect. And, you know, for years we talked about, well, if, if you, put a plate under your heel or lift the heel you're creating a shearing force and that's just over the years been found to be not true so there's a company called prime fitness that puts out wedges and blocks that actually assist with the quality of the squat because it's it's not at least for me mm -hmm. how much weight i'm lifting it's how much am i recruiting oh, because i, the squat I totally is, agree Jeez. i'm supposed to bring as many muscles to the movement as i can so you're going to have some kids with tight flexors. You're going to have some kids that are just, they just aren't built like that. So if I elevate the heels safely and I'm able to keep the torso upright and hit parallel, mm -hmm. why not raise the heels? I mean, and again, my friends who are purists are going to hammer me, but if you look at the research of what elevating the heel does, and it's, it's the right, it's the right height for the athlete and how he's built or the fitness or the client, you're not doing anything wrong. You're actually helping that individual. I mean, yeah. <clears throat> over the years, we, we kind of, in the nineties, we kind of went through this. Oh, everybody's going to get hurt. Well, dude, 5,200 people died from taking too much NyQuil last year. So does that mean we quit using it when we're sick? I mean, it's just stupid. I mean, it's true. Common sense. It's, yeah. it's, uh, well, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. So, but in the nineties, everything is wrong. Everything's going to hurt you. The squat is bad. Do leg presses. Mm. Well, then all of a sudden we saw an increase in Achilles tears and then we're finding, Oh crap, we lock our hips. We're going to, we're more susceptible to injury. Yeah. You know, the leg press is great. If you want big quads. You know, there's nothing wrong with it. Everything can help you and everything can hurt you. Every program works until it doesn't. The thing that needs to be consistent is for your goals and your gains or your client or your athlete, are you staying current enough with the data to keep moving forward? 
Wow. That's where the problem lies. I think that's one of the best things I've ever been told. It's about the programming. It's like everything hurts or everything doesn't hurt until it does. That's that's good. But it was, uh, it was funny when you mentioned the, the low bar squat. And again, I'm no, I'm no guru guru in powerlifting. You know, I'm, I'm always just learning the new shit as it comes out. But when I started doing the low bar squats, I, I cannot tell you how much better it felt on my body. Like just to have, just to have the weight lower. I was like, why the hell? Was I ever doing regular squats? You know, why wasn't I doing that sooner? Yeah. You know, it it annoyed me. I was like, this is, this feels way better. And it wasn't, it wasn't like I was popping through the movement. I was, I was able to feel like, like my legs were working, like actually doing it, you know, (laughs) you know, you, you touched on something there. So I think there's times we, I'll back it up. I, I wish today more people attended conferences versus going to YouTube or doing it online. Sure. Like I used to present for Nike back in the day and I'd go to IDEA and ECA and East Coast Alliance and the personal trainers network. And, you know, being part of Nike, you would, you would, you would give workshops, but I also attended a ton. I only mm-hmm. did conferences where I could go watch as well. And what I found is the internet became more popular, less people were getting in front of people. So interesting. when the squad came along and, and just to kind of let you know where I was coming from, when, when CrossFit first came out, I did it for six months Yeah, because I hate it when people go, Oh, do you like CrossFit? No, I hate CrossFit. Well, did you do it? No. You know, they just regurgitate data. They hurt CrossFit is a awesome community accountability it creates change it makes people feel better about themselves sure. will i use crossfit for my athletes absolutely not would i give would i recommend crossfit which i have to people who are stuck yes mm-hmm. it's an alternative it's a tool it's not for everybody but i experienced it before i ever gave an opinion so when it came to the squat and i started coming into more and more conversations with parents on you know, well, why should I trust you? Why should my child squat? Why, why, why? I got frustrated by all the data was the same. Everybody copied what this original guy said. And then as I researched it, I went, holy crap. Louis Simmons never went to college. And he's one of the most brilliant people in the powerlifting field in the world of all time. Yeah. So what I started doing was sitting down with powerlifters, accomplished powerlifters, and asking a gazillion questions. And so I did this. I think I was about 51 at the time. So I decided, look, I'm going to, from an academic standpoint, learn as much as I can. And then from an experience standpoint, I'm going to do it myself, but I'm going to go talk to guys that are successful and find out the little things that make them great at that particular lift. And I've been doing that since I was 51 years old. I'm 62 now. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't like arguing. Like I'm, I'm up for a good debate. Yeah. Okay. I don't like arguing for the sake of stupid stuff. Okay. Yeah. So if you don't like the squat, that's okay. If you've got a good rational reason, let's talk about it because I'm intrigued. I want to know why you don't, because I'll learn something. Sure, sure. But if 
you're telling me the squat's bad, but you you don't know enough about it to tell me what the crap an anterior pelvic tilt oh, is. Yeah, that's not enough. We can't have a conversation. And so in this copy me, monkey see, monkey do world, I've really found that that strength training professionals, whether you're a personal trainer or a strength coach, we've got to get in front of each other more versus going to YouTube. Period. Yeah. Well, and so I love Louis Simmons. I love David Tate. I love Joe DeFranco. All that stuff is great data. And all that stuff led us to have something like the Mars bar or, or the squat max or the pit shark. Or, I mean, it's just, you can go on and on and on. I, uh, I interviewed the squat max guy. I got, I got him on here. <laughs> Interesting guy, dude. He's, he's yeah he he was like I, I was blown away that he came up with that he also came up with like a he did the squat max but then he just put out a new product called like that the henny attachment oh dude like, awesome what do you think about that i've never tried it i saw it and i think it's really cool i just i didn't know about it i like it because it's kind of like uh trx on steroids yeah <laughs> okay yeah and it allows you as an athlete to use movements that don't create compression oh. and allow you to engage more core glute mid back because it can it's so easy to create momentum you know it's like it's like the woodway there's certain treadmills that you have to power on your own but the reason why i like the woodway curve is because man, it integrates everything because you, you take two steps too fast and you're in sprint mode. So you've got to integrate, you got to learn how to control the, that product that he invented. It teaches a lot, not so much about acceleration, but deceleration, which is a big, big deal. I love the versatility. I love the price point. I love the price point. It's, it's a product along with the squat max and you know, the Mars bar itself which it doesn't cost an arm and a leg and inhibit professionals from, from being better. It's very, very cost-friendly. And, and the, um, I just like these approaches to, to the squats that are coming out. It seems like anybody yes. who's got, who's got like a good idea, all, all they, there's all these like small problems in fitness that haven't like been answered. And, no. and all, you know, it's, these products are, are, solving these issues that people always needed the solution for for so long you know oh god yeah you know we we've had tight backs and weak hamstrings and i mean it's just i mean forever on I, and I, on. I think it's hilarious and again I, I have good friends that are that are professional men's physique competitors and i can't sure. believe i use competitor with that word men's physique. <laughs> but, but you know to me i'm like you know when i was growing up that was just looking jacked by the pool yeah and so Beach body. We, used to we used to tease those guys but everybody wanted to look like them it's just you got to squat you know you got to get under the bar it's true um the the industry is definitely paying attention to keeping everything better balanced uh training the kinetic chain in a proper way if you look at the company atlantis they took louis simmons inverted leg curl and made it a lot sexier we have two of them here at nike dallas where you're kneeling and it's a hamstring piece hamstring core you're kneeling and the roller is about chest height you come forward and then you come back i mean it it 
it crushes you. Yes, I think I, I could put actually, you know what? I don't think I've ever seen the machine. I could just imagine the movement and I'm like, I've, I've done stuff similar, you'll, but there's never been a machine like that. You'll see guys at the gym where they're they're on the leg, the, the pull down machine and they're facing out. They got a stick and they're coming forward and the stick pushes them back up. Yes. This one is a counterbalance. And like I weighed 210. And I did it with about 190 pounds on and my, my hamstrings cramped up on the second rep. I'm like, Oh, you know, know it works, but it works now for us. We, we get our athletes a lot stronger with that. We use that with, with the Mars bar and we use the Mars bar that, and a lot of hip mobility. Um, We actually have workouts where all it is is hip mobility. And we're trying to bring that in. I, I, you know, right now it's, we're in the infancy stages of, of that type of programming. So when people go, Oh, you guys have yoga. I'm like, yeah, kind of, <laughs> you know, kind of big boy yoga, but sort of, sort of the yeah. mobility gets, uh, once I tell guys, Hey, we're going to bring your 40 from a four, 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 three to a four, four flat. They're all in. They don't care. Yeah. You know? And, and once I tell these big guys, Hey, we're going to add 30 pounds to your squat. They're all in. Oh, so all, about all these things kind of help each other. But I love where the industry is at right now as far as products go. They make sense. You know, uh, no more yeah. shakers. Thank God. You know, that's true. It's it's almost like the, the products have far more uh, like um, integrity, I guess, would be the word like there's integrity and substance and substance. Yeah, they're actually substance. solving a problem. Yeah, yeah, versus creating. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you had mentioned this earlier. I thought this was pretty cool. I, you know, with, with everything that's happening nowadays on social media and everybody and their mom has become like an online trainer to, to some degree, oh, you know, yeah. and, and I'm sure it bothers you whenever you see it, but I, I think the pendulum needs to swing back where it used to, where there's more face-to-face interactions. People are going to conferences. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, yeah. Absolutely. And, it's, you know, it's, it's funny because, uh, I've had a policy for years where one Friday a month, I, I basically have open house, anyone who wants to show up and we'll talk about anything. And, and I'm trying to help the younger professionals, whether they're trainers or strength coaches or, or, or guys just trying to figure out if that's what they want to do. Yeah. And we just at, answer questions and it amazes me how many say, well, can't you just tape it and send it to me oh. like, no you know it's like, hell no that's not the point <laughs> you're gonna sit down and we're we're gonna talk this business whether you're a trainer or a coach or a gym owner or an athletic director <clears throat> excuse me is about people it's about yeah. reading people what are they saying without telling you what is their body telling you understanding their needs and, and I've never understood why people think that they can understand what a person is all about via text. It just, I've, I've, so I've done more dumb things by reading a text wrong than anyone <laughs> else I know, you know? That's, and it's just, it's just, I make it mandatory face-to-face, yeah. you know, we're, whether it's we sit down and go over your program we sit down and go over your recruiting process. We sit down and go over your meal plan. I'm not into this whole, you know, I'll email it to you. I'll text it to you. I'll video it. I'll WhatsApp. No, yeah. man. Because 
if I'm sitting there and I, I'm looking and I can see if someone's uncomfortable or if they're happy or, you know, there's a lot to, there's a lot people are missing by not read. getting out there. And I understand it's goofy times with the pandemic and whatnot, but I think the, the, I have found in the last two years, the people that interface more with people are more successful. Period. Yeah, period. End of story. Even, even how you and I are interacting, you know, I can see your face. You can see mine. We're having a conversation. Yeah. And, it, it, and it's about what we're learning by just watching or your reaction, your response, a smile, a frown, a nod, you know? Yeah. <laughs> as I keep nodding. <laughs> a, a nod's as good as a wink to a blind horse. Is that yeah. what they say? It's just these young people, they're missing too much by, being behind the terminal and in program design me i don't do remote training very often but when i do do it i have already had a two to three hour meeting with the individual i work with a lot of wrestlers from different states but it's only because we've gotten together we've met i've been able to do an assessment and evaluation i don't do computer assessments i do hands-on assessments and then i do a software called Kong IQ, which is what the NFL uses to, to get the stuff I missed because I'm only human, but I'm, I'm a hands-on guy. I'll do my assessments that way. And then it's a lot about movement, subprimal patterns, what's being integrated, what's not being integrated. But I'm also having a conversation with guys. We're doing it and I'm learning about him. Um, we're talking, I'm taking his mind off it but I'm watching how he moves. I'm seeing how he responds. Is he apprehensive? Is he excited? Is he going too fast? Is he going too slow? Does he not know? Is his body language aggressive? Is it passive? Is it uncertain? But I only work with those guys out of state and remote after we've met and worked together for a couple hours. Yeah. And then I do every 60 to 90 days. I like to do it 60 We'll, we'll meet and we'll see how we're going. But I do not understand how people work with people's bodies and they've never seen them or they're just seeing pictures. Now, I understand progress pics. I understand how that whole bodybuilding thing works. But what I don't understand is how are you going to make progress paying a guy X amount of dollars a month for a program and he's never met you? You, you filled out a questionnaire. Big time. Like, yeah. How's that work? I don't get it. Yeah. And the, and the whole thing, hold on. Sorry. My internet connections got, there we go. That's a little better. Sorry about that. No, you're cool, bro. Okay. No. Could you do me a favor, Mr. Mark? I think your camera shut off. Could you click the, I think there should be an icon like in your, uh, maybe at the bottom of your screen. Right, let, me, let me grab my son. Uh, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> no worries. I realized you said that. I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I could see him. There we go. <laughs> there we go. Hi there. Right, yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Now it's all good. But no, I was I cool. was saying uh shit, you were you were talking it, it, it's it's um god, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. I was when I was going to talk when, not, when you don't know who it is you're working with and you're training right. them remote, you fill out a questionnaire, you've never met them. Yeah. You you you, you got to look and watch and and you know the body the body tells a story if you're if if you're paying attention you don't have to i don't have to talk to you 
I can put you through a series of movements and I can figure it out. Have you ever been injured? Have you not been injured? What's working? What's not working? What's integrated? What's being kicked out? I mean, you just, you got to want to, man. You got to pay attention. Look, I'm not hating on these guys that are making a killing doing it. I'm just saying I wouldn't be able to. Uh, I never, choose yeah. not to knock yeah. yourself out. I just, I don't get it. It's, yeah, because I know when the pandemic kicked in, everybody had this crazy learning curve going from like in-person training to like Zoom calls and oh, shit man. and all the all the the uh, changes in their business. And I was just like, man, yeah. I, I tried it. I sucked at it. I mean, I must have not yeah. known something, but I wasn't good at it. Yeah, <laughs> if it involves technology. I'm yeah. already a fail. So I was like, OK, <laughs> I, get it, I get it. Well, you know, it's great. Yeah, it's just hard you know what uh oh my god i'm having a senior moment Somebody it's okay i already have one. the uh <laughs> what is it the what's the bike uh pentathon peloton, peloton. 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 those guys did it right because they yes. went over the top what better graphics visuals than what they put out nobody yeah. and so yeah. the instructions top notch the program design is unbelievable and it's a healthy balance of everything what What's interesting is following what I call following the numbers. Look at Orange Theory. Before the pandemic, Orange Theory and F45, two hottest franchises going. The problem, they didn't do the data with Orange Theory on that style of resistant training, the bike, different gears, clipless pedals. You're going to get your legs bigger. No, I mean, beyond a doubt. So the people that were going there to reduce size were getting stronger, but over a period of time, they were getting bigger. You oh. have to counterbalance that with other styles of resistance training. So as much as they were great, again, for community and data, yeah, they, they didn't have a very good strength training component to counterbalance. On the other side, okay. F45, unbelievable metabolic workout. You know, med ball slams to goblet squats, to dumbbell renegade rows, to kettlebell swing. Unbelievable. People, yeah. again, community, accountability. But guess what? Metabolic training, at some point, you need to do some type of, of, of active recovery cardio. Okay? Yeah. So both as popular as they were and as efficient as they were, and again, everything works until it doesn't, it was incomplete. Now, I'm not hating. I'm not hating. What I'm saying is, they were growing huge, fast, and pandemic hit, and everything hit a screech. Now look and see how many Orange Theories in a 10-mile radius are there? How many have closed down? True. It's just like CrossFit was a couple of years ago. You started seeing as quickly as you saw them opening, you saw them closing. Well, I've noticed it too. I mean, there, there's a, there was a decrease. I know we still have one kind of close to where I live, but for the most part there – there were a few people started to not like the concept of orange theory is what ended up happening. Yeah. I started talking to people. Yeah. And it's, it was popular. And then all of a sudden I started chatting with so many people who used to work there, stopped working there, crazy yep. stuff. It was just weird. I was like, Oh wow. Okay. Well, again, you can be an unbelievable instructor. And what was interesting is there was a certain age group. And they, what they found was the older their instructors were, meaning the ones that had experience teaching spin, indoor cycling, 
interacting with people. Some had to earn their living that way. They were better instructors than the younger ones coming in, getting certified, but never had to deal with people. Because in a class, you have to accommodate the lowest common denominator, but also make sure the highest common denominators taken care of too. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. And so what I found just like anything, there was, Oh, I, I cycle. I can teach orange theory. Not really. I mean, there's a lot that goes to, to, to keep that retention going and to make sure your attrition isn't high. You have to have a people person as your instructor, along with one that's competent, has had a deepest amount of experience. In my opinion, the F the F 45s that haven't gone well, it's tough to get a CEO to go into a class and the guys had a huge amount of successes and failures get taught by a dude that's 22. Yeah. It, it's just hard. It's, it's a little, hard. yeah, it's, it's, it's not, <laughs> there's a difference there. <laughs> yeah. And it, it cracks me up. It's like, well, you know, I'm going to go open this over here and I'll train housewives. Dude, yeah. housewives don't have a lot of time. They're running their household. They're they're taking <laughs> kids, yeah. Up, yeah, making sure everything's rocking and rolling. You know, they're they're the COO of where they live. Come on, man. That's a that's a very ignorant statement. But no, well, it's okay. I was I was like right there with you. I'm totally agreeing. I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like truth is the truth. Yeah. <laughs> I would not want to take care of my house on a day to day yeah. basis. Uh, you know, that's me neither. Oh my god. Uh, you know, yeah. but. You know, the industry's changed. I do, I love Orange Theory and F45's sense of community. Yeah. Love CrossFit's sense of community. I, I don't like walking in a gym. And unfortunately, I, I think a lot of your bodybuilding only gyms, and keep in mind, I own one, Extreme yeah. Iron Pro Gym. It was super successful. But that edginess, comes from an ass load of insecurity and maybe yeah. a little too much milligrams yeah because there's people that are like where i made the mistake with extreme iron was i opened up a gym and in my mind we were going to accommodate all fitness disciplines powerlifting performance training uh bodybuilding all across just the lifting weights strength training but those guys don't play nice with each other they don't. It's true. They don't. Yeah. Powerlifters, they don't look at mirrors. They make fun of guys who squat in front of mirrors. You know, it's just, it, yeah. it was a great idea. It, it really didn't work. But when people, you, you have to be a special type of guy to be comfortable at a bodybuilding gym, you yeah. know? Uh, That's, Greg yeah. McCoy owns Hidden Gym here in Dallas. He's He's got it down. He owns Hidden Gym. It's it's a mixture of everything with a lot of turf in the middle. Okay. And I think it's the turf that's the great equalizer. Plus, he has a guy who teaches boxing, has a boxing ring. But there's enough uh, props to define disciplines there where everybody knows how to stay in their lane. And it's very good. So it's, it's a winner of a gym. So you could technically, so you could open up a gym that caters to the different styles of lifting, but you do have to sort of, sort of make it clear yep. where, where you yep. have to go for those, for those lifting areas. 100%. 
100%. That from a from a business perspective, like opening up a gym, that's like crucial stuff. I didn't I would have never that wouldn't have crossed my mind, honestly. There's a gym here in Dallas and if you ever get a chance to look it up on the internet, it's called uh Dallas Strong. Okay. What Dallas what it was, okay. it was a CrossFit box in the warehouse district of Dallas in North Dallas, which is prime real estate. So in Texas law, if I'm going to draft your account, <clears throat> excuse me, and my gym's going under, I have to, within a five to 10 mile radius, find a gym that's similar to what you're paying for and transfer your membership. And then I can shut my doors. So this guy wow. won the stinking lottery because over a three-year period, six CrossFit boxes in a 10 mile radius close. So okay. this guy has over 500 members. Oh God. 50 bucks a month. And he just expanded for his third time. He is printing dough. He is but rolling what's interesting it. is they only do CrossFit. Oh, only. Oh, they have Bummer. a kids Jeez. fitness program called Ninja. They teach a tread class where it's all woodways. They teach a spin class where it's all spin bikes. Uh, but it's a huge community. And if you want to do anything other than hang cleans, power clean, squat, bench press, it's the wrong place. No leg presses, none of that. But it's hugely successful. But then you have a place like Destination Dallas, which is primarily known bodybuilding only. And that's I think 25,000, 30,000 square feet. But anyone that bodybuilds or is a heart, as they say, quote unquote, hardcore lifter, that's where they go. Yeah. So it can be done. I think Hidden Gym, I know Hidden Gym does a combination of the two and they're six, very, very successful. But again, mm -hmm. it's about knowing who your clients are, knowing who your members are. You got to be present. I mean, you know, from an investment standpoint, opening a bar, not real smart, but neither is opening a gym. Yeah. But if you, if you, if you're going to, if you know, you're going to work your ass off and be there, it can be done. Yeah. So just shit's going to work. Yeah. It's, you, you have to know who are you going to cater to? Yeah. Like you just, the days of having a squat rack and a good pull down machine, those are over, bro. You know, you got to have real good, solid equipment. You got to be clean. A clean gym is a dirty gym. A dirty gym is an aging gym. Yeah. Okay. Like me, if we opened at 5 a.m. And if you had to wait for me to open the doors, mm -hmm. meaning if you got walked in the door at 501, I returned your month right then and there, refunded on the spot. Wow. Because here's the deal. The guys that train at five, dude, that's the only time they can go. Yeah, it's if, like if, they, if, they are ready. If you open late at 10 after, oh. their day's screwed. Oh, you've just ruined that guy's day. You just yeah. shit all over him because he's had to, he has to manipulate something now. But our whole deal was this. We opened at five, but at a quarter till the lights were on and the doors were open. Wow. And it's story. just, it, it just, it just valid. It just makes it clear how much of how much you serve your community. Basically. I mean, you serve yeah. people at that point. Yeah. You, you have to, you know, I talked to guys. I'm like, okay, why do you want to get in this business? Oh man, I really love helping people. That doesn't work for me. Why do you want to get in this business? 
you know, yeah. one day you're going to want to have a wife and kids like me. I prided myself in being a great provider. I never was home for 20 years. I never had dinner Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday with my family. Oh, wow. Ever. Thursday on, they had me 100%. I never missed a game. I never missed anything. But I also worked on Sundays because Thursday, <clears throat> I typically averaged about 55 appointments a week because wow. God forbid you get sick or something. I mean, I got to eat what I kill. So yeah. I always wanted to be ahead. But what I did was I left early Thursday because, you know, I have four boys and a daughter. They all do sports. So Thursday, they compete. Friday, they compete. Saturday, they compete. Sunday, went to church, then went to work. I mean, that's just the way it was. And I was fortunate enough to be able to bring my kids with me. They grew up in a gym. But it's one of these things where you have to be ready to work. And I tell guys, don't, don't tell me you love helping people because if, if you're in the service business, that, that's a given. Tell me why you want to do this. Yeah. And I like the answer of, I don't want to feel like I'm going to a job. I mean, dude, yeah. I get up in the morning, I put on a freaking t-shirt and shorts. Are you freaking kidding me? I go work for Nike. Yeah. Come on. That's, that's not, I mean, that's a yeah. dream come true. Oh, that's, that's, that's the bad. That's the coolest thing ever. Baddest you know, stuff ever. I love that. I, I'd rather, I had a guy swear to you, man. He told me, he said, well, man, coach, I got a great body and people like me. And I'm like, good enough for me. You're hired. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know he, yeah, he was, people like you. Holy cow. These guys were, you know, I, I think an alternative career could have been Chippendales, but you know, he wanted to come work for me, but he at least was honest with himself and yeah. he loved being in the gym. He loved being around people, but I also kept my overhead low because I told guys, look, if you pick a job, I have 13 jobs. You pick a job for the month and I'll reduce your rent from 500 to 200. Wow. So I eliminated my overhead immediately. And it also got guys more invested. And guess what? If you didn't want to work and you wanted to pay me the money, fine. I took it. But I always found a way to make my team members part of it. And, you know, we all so, go, you know, or nobody goes. That's a cool solution that, that in all honesty, I, I think you're the first person to bring that up about the rent thing uh, when it comes to like opening a studio. Cause I mean, usually right. anybody down here, nobody does that. Right. I, I have not heard right. that from one person. It's, they all just do, you know, pay the premium, then you get to train, right. but I, that the working there and then you reducing it, that's cool. That's like a, I would take, I would take you up on that any day. That's great. <laughs> well, it, it gives guys the option. Like, like nobody likes, I'll back it up. Men need to feel like they're good at what they do yeah, and that they make money. Yeah. I mean, that's it how we you are. Going. You know, we were the dudes by the campfire. We went out and killed shit. We ate it. We protected the tribe. Right. Yeah. So uh, there, I haven't met a lot of guys that aren't alpha driven in this industry. So for me, it's super important that guys feel like I'm not gouging that it's a fair deal. So I taught, I met with a guy, oh God, it was like six months ago. And his whole thing was, I can charge 1200 bucks a month. And I'm like, yeah, you can, but should you, should you, what are you doing to help the trainer build his business and stay at your place? You know, a lot of guys, 
yeah, they get the money, but at what cost? They're creating a bunch of bohemians and gypsies. They're not yeah. creating loyalty. You know, I'm not going to be loyal to someone who's who's charging me a thousand a month and I've got four clients. Yeah. You know, and, and I understand. I mean, dude, I've been on both sides. I understand. But there's a meet, there's a happy medium. So if I'm more concerned where I'm sitting there and I'm like, look, Ian, I can tell you all day long, I want to help you build your business. But what am I showing you? What am I showing you? Yeah, what's the you lesson? Know, yeah. Jerry Maguire, show me the money. Yeah. You know, so if I'm saying, hey, I have to get something out of this deal. I'm trying to keep the lights on. But by doing so, I also have to know what it's going to cost me every hour to keep my gym open. So I can have an intelligent conversation with you that's 100% transparent and truthful where I go, hey, on these hours, it's this, this, or this. So I need a minimum of this. Let's both meet halfway. What, what can we solve together? Yeah. And that's, that's where that came from. Man, I'm and it, you. you know, it didn't work for everybody, but it worked for 25 years. Yeah. Just, but, but this simple fact that, you know, you, you're obviously investing in, in their business too, with all yeah. that, that's just, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even like have a second thought about it. I would take you up on the offer. It's just because that's like, I mean, I don't know. That's not, that's what you want. That's what any trainer wants. They want to know that if they join a gym, there's mutual. Yeah. Work. Everybody's got skin in the game. Yeah. You know, side note, the guy opened the gym and he, his doors were shut in 90 days. Really? And it was really interesting. I told him, he said, you got any advice? I said, yeah, don't ever buy a new car, buy a used car. Don't ever park it in front of your gym. I said, you can't tell someone you're struggling and you come pulling up in a $120,000 BMW. You know, if you can yeah. buy a BMW, buy a used Honda, you know, just don't show off. You're being successful. Just be a working guy. Yeah. You know, even if you got to drive something else and go to work because the shadows guy, if, yeah. if you got a guy who's really trying hard to build something and he wants to do it at your gym, but yet you're kicking his ass on a thousand bucks a month. And then you come pulling up in a brand new Bronco. <laughs> come on, dude. Yeah. Oh <laughs> God. Good. It's true. But You know, it's putting him, putting yourself in, in their shoes and, and, and going, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm struggling to, if I win, you win, you win, I win. It, it's just, I know a lot of guys that think, I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to management, but, I can sit down and tell you I've helped contribute to a lot of guys being successful.